I choose to spend my money elsewhere. I don't I don't want to put all my eggs into the Project 2020 basket, but I like the cards enough, at least some of them, not all of them. Some of them have been goofy, in my opinion. Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. What's up, folks? Ty from Breaker Culture. Thanks so much for joining episode 90. Yeah, we are at 90. We're, we're within striking distance of episode 100. By the way, we just we just looked at our metrics the other day, and we we've cleared that hundred thousand barrier of listens. Just to think about that, a hundred thousand listens to our podcast is pretty mind blowing. So that's uh, that's some pretty cool stuff. Thank you guys so much for supporting us along this journey. Um, today's episode is pretty fun, right? We cover all kinds of things from Project Twenty Twenty to the Bowman Mosaic stuff to what's happening with Excel reps and the mandates they're getting from their management. Intent. We got some uh, information that we thought we'd talk about. Uh, and then we talk about the effect of potentially a sport not even playing this year, right? You know, what happens if MLB doesn't happen? What does that do to cards? And what does that do to Tops, you know, approach to releases the rest of the year? So we're all over the place today and we cover things that I think are relatively uh, important. So yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy the conversation. But I want to First off, before we dive into that, just thank one of our newest sponsors, StarStock.com. I actually reached out to StarStock because I saw what they were doing and I was fascinated by it. And I was fascinated because I think there's a very, very large need for a really efficient, trendy, um, kind of a collector-oriented marketplace. And I feel like for the most part, they've hit this out of the park. And this is, I mean, they're reiterating and, and improving upon it every day. I've had the opportunity to speak to the, found, the group of founders over there and uh, even give some of my input of what I would, I would you know, tweak and change to make this more, um, I guess, more oriented towards the, the collectors and not so much, you know, the sneakerheads, if, if you know what I mean. But uh, they're doing a great job. Go to starstock.com. It is a, it is a, a marketplace that is really focused on hobbyists. Uh, you can you can manage your collection, the collection that maybe you're you're interested in selling over time. You can manage that in a very efficient way. Um, you get digital versions of your cards, so when you send in your cards, and I've already sent in 200 plus graded cards, they they put a digital version in your portfolio, and then you kind of select it. You select, hey, is this a raw version? BGS 9.5. It'll show you what you have in your inventory to sell, and you select what you want to sell it for, and it puts it out there, and people can buy it uh, or make an offer. And it's, it's really that simple. And when you're looking at buying, selling, trading at scale, like they, they've really put together a platform that is very, very useful and efficient. I think we're going to see this platform explode over the next few months. And when I reached out to him, I said, hey, I want to I be a part of kind of helping promote you guys because we need this, right? We need a platform that only charges 5% in fees versus the 11% and then has all the return frustrations and everything else that we're seeing across Project 2020. Uh, but I digress on that point. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Starstock hit has hit a home run and I cannot wait to see this grow. And if you're a seller, if you've been selling cards in ComC, you've been selling cards in other, other platforms, eBay, and you're looking at a way to kind of diversify a little bit, give Starstock a try. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, and when you send your cards in, put a piece of paper in there, write, write a note and just say, Hey, we heard about this from, from breaker culture. And, uh, 
they're going to give you a little credit uh, in your account to, to kind of sweeten the deal a little bit for you. So uh, we're going to have the founders on later this month for an interview to talk through kind of their mindset in a, in a pretty fun series that we're building out. So I look forward to that. But go check out starstock.com and I think you'll, you'll be excited you did. With that said, enjoy the conversation today with Shani and uh, we'll talk to you on the back end of this podcast. Shani, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, Ty. How are you? Fantastic. <laughs> what are you drinking right now? Coffee? Water. Water? Oh, nice. Okay. Trying to get a little bit healthier, especially after dinner time, just sticking to water. Oh, good for you. Do you feel like you've gotten in better shape since uh Hell no. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> Water's going to fix your problem. Far worse shape. This corona stuff is killed my i mean my shape was not much different than an eggplant to begin with so jeez um i will say this my son who doesn't look like a 13 year old anymore this kid just sprouted in the last few months but uh he has found a new love for riding his bike oh he's had a bike for years and he never really got into it i think these last couple months of boredom and being that we've kind of We've relaxed on him in terms of being able to hang out with one particular friend that is his best friend and only lives a block and a half away. And the two of them have basically been riding around. I mean, the weather broke, and I get it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to keep him in jail, in house jail anymore. Right. Uh, so he's been riding around a lot, and it was his idea, actually. And he approached my wife. I didn't find out until literally today because they couldn't hold the surprise any longer that they got me a bike for Father's Day. So they, they actually brought it home today. Pretty nice. It's, uh, by the way, I learned something. Mountain bikes aren't the thing anymore. It's these hybrid. That's right. Uh, yeah, so I got a hybrid bike, a Jamis. Actually, uh, sorry, Jamis was one of the other ones they were considering. A felt. It's a felt hybrid bike. Pretty nice. Not felt as in the material. This has a nice texture. Yeah. I feel good. <laughs> uh, but it's nice. Nice gray on gray. One of those cool shaped frames. I want you to commit to how many hours you're going to spend this summer riding your bike with your son. So we've got to break that down. If you give me like a, a big number. Let's go. I'll tell you what. Let's commit. do miles. Let's do miles. By. Will you commit to riding 100 miles with your son this summer? So how do we break that down? The summer's three months, right? We, we, we're in the mid, beginning of June. I feel like 100 so miles. That's 30 could, miles a month. That's, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, done. Okay. Break it down by the week. Yeah, I can do that. Easily. Okay. All right. I'll do 100 miles tomorrow. Over on, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you in three months and see how you feel. You're still, you'll still be recovering. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, if you break that down by a month and then by week, that is very manageable. For sure. If I, if I can't do that, I should, the bike should be taken away from me. <laughs> okay. If you don't do that, then you have to give the bike away to a random listener. Fine. Deal. Done. All right. I like it. On hey, it's, it's an expensive bike. It's a, I mean, my, we got a refund from the summer camps that we send our kids to. 
because they were canceled. And that's how my wife justified buying this kind of as an impulse buy for me because she didn't know what to do for Father's Day anyway. Just like I didn't know what to do for Mother's Day. Of course. So very obviously I'm very grateful, very nice gift. But, you know, it it serves a not so hidden agenda purpose (laughs) and get me back into doing something more active. Like what? Why did you buy me these Lululemon yoga pants? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you have to fit into those by August thirtieth. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bike. I'm gonna commit to it. I'm gonna enjoy it. But I'm more excited about recommitting to playing golf. Oh, okay. It's been three years. Good I for was, you. I got myself down to a solid fifteen handicap when I was playing three to five rounds a week Yep. when we only had one child, but it's been a long time since that. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know about Pittsburgh, but in Kansas city, it has been crazy. The golf courses are absolutely crazy. Busy, right? Oh yeah. I mean, you can't even get a tee time yeah. unless you call, you know, two weeks in advance right now. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's also, you know, great weather. So it's, it's kind of hard to complain. I don't, I don't, I don't blame them. But, uh, yeah, oh, it's on, on the biking note, right? So we, uh, we have a, we actually have a quarter mile trail, uh, like a circle trail, paved trail in our backyard that the people that we bought the house from had built. And like uh, a velodrome? I mean, like, sorry, I shouldn't even say it. it's, it's a concrete path. It's a, it's, it's literally okay. like a track. Um, they had some. Are you impressed that I knew that word, velodrome? Yeah, I don't even know what that means. So I just act like that. Do you know that inclined, oval-shaped track that you see in the Olympics? Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? That's a, that's a velodrome. Okay, yeah. don't definitely don't have that. But we do have a sidewalk that's quarter-mile, you know, circle. Yeah. Circle, quarter-mile. velodrome, <laughs> but we got a sidewalk. We got a sidewalk. <laughs> well, my... my, my my second son, Kai, he, he said, you know, Dad, hey, what is, how many miles does it take to ride across Missouri? I was like, ah... I think wow. I think two fifty three hundred. So we looked it up, and it was you know three hundred something. He goes, I'm going to ride basically you know across the state of Missouri, but do it th- by dividing the number of times I've needed to ride around my track. And he's wow. like, I need to ride you know thirteen hundred times around this track over the course so of the next. How many is he doing a day? So he for about a week he did seventy to a hundred laps wow. a, a day on his bike. He would go like thirty miles a day. Wow. It was That's insane a- how motivated he was. And then he realized like you do it two days in a row and then the third or fourth day, you can't even get out of bed and walk. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, dad, I'm, I need to cut back. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Wow. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. So he's, uh, he's almost halfway to riding, you know, in his mind across the state of Missouri. It's and it's still cool. the beginning of the summer. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's pretty neat, but yeah. The love of biking is is definitely alive and well here. It's pretty fun. Very cool. Yeah. Sorry for the background noise. It sounds like my boys are fighting upstairs and slamming doors. Oh, it's all good. You sound good, as usual. As usual. Uh, well, dude, man, I know you've been busy because you have been buying Project 2020 cards, right? You've just uh, been I sitting actually there. bought three as of today. What? What did you buy? Tell me what you bought. The first one I bought was the most recent Jeter. Okay. Uh, and then I bought the two that came out, I guess today or yesterday, Trout and Koufax. Okay. Yeah. That was Jameson, right? And then Tyson Beck, I think drew one of those. 
I know Tyson Bexter one of those, and I only knew that because I recognize his name from the Fire product from the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Um, I learned everything I know about Project 2020 from the last installment of Breaking Culture that you did on the actual topic. Yeah, um, that's right. I know nothing more than what you told me, so I hope you're accurate because that's what I'm basing all of my decisions on. <laughs> well, what did you make the decision based on? <laughs> To make money or to collect? Did you buy one? I'm I'm only going to be collecting. I'm only going to be buying the players that I like. And I would say and that have some potential value long term. Okay. Not at all to flip short term. Okay. Um, I, I think it's an expensive prospect to invest in for me. It's not obviously that expensive to buy five of them. Sure. of any given player or something like that. What is it? You can buy it as one or five or one or six or something like that? One, five, or ten, I believe. Right. Break down. So yep. obviously buying five of them, keeping one selling or even selling all five, it's not that expensive, but I choose to spend my money elsewhere. I don't, I don't want to put all my eggs into the Project 2020 basket, but I like the cards enough, at least some of them, not all of them. Some of them have been goofy in my opinion. Hmm. Agreed. 100%. Well, since I did that podcast, which was last, I think, Thursday or Friday, I was talking about how there's a you know massive decline and print run is dictating kind right. of everything. It has completely fallen on its face, even more so. By the way, I love that. Why is I that? Well, because I want lower print runs for what I buy. <laughs> right? Agreed. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, look, having 99,000 on a print run is, is no good for anybody, right? right? That is, I mean, you're going back to the early nineties at that point. That's just dumb. Like nobody needs right. that. I, I'm to the point now where I almost wish there was a cap on the number that tops could have printed on certain items because it totally, totally watered down the market. I, I hear you on that. However, if there were a cap, then every single one would sell out in a matter of hours. Sure. If less, if not less. Sure. And then the market would be affected by that. There's yep. not much of a perfect, I mean, there's no perfect system. Um, I kind of like this ebb and flow. Hmm. It mimics real life in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. So the fact that you talked about Project 20 and the Project 2020 on the last episode, and then it even changed since then, that, that's real. That's, that's kind of fun in and of itself hmm. for me. Um, so I don't know, I, I, because I'm not going to be that invested other than what I personally buy for my personal collection. Sure. The ebb and flow isn't going to affect my decision making that much. Um, but yeah. What, what, what do you think about project 20 just as a collector and kind of the longevity in the hobby? You've been around this hobby a long time. I mean, do you feel like. Do you feel like it's 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 like a tops living where a year later no one really talks about it again, or do you you feel like it's this could be something that you're going to care about next year? The difference for me between it and another project like it, I think living the living set is a good example, is the variety. The okay. living set was the same old, same old. I think the artistic nature of the living set is nice. Mm -hmm. But every card essentially looks the same. Mm -hmm. um, I think the uniqueness of each card being so drastically different from the next and from the ones before it 
is is pretty cool. And that you know you you really don't have to unless you're like so committed to building the set. You obviously can just just like with the living set. Obviously, it doesn't differ in the nature that you can choose what to buy, when to buy. Right. Um, but it, it differs obviously in in how each card is so uniquely different. Mm. Um, I for me, and I know that has not always been something that the larger hobby community has agreed with necessarily, but I think there is a niche within the larger hobby community that has always been drawn to that more artistic kind of spin on cards. For example, Friday, this this coming Friday, we have 1920 Court Kings basketball coming out. Yeah. It's a great example of the kind of card that speaks to a certain kind of person and then the people that really like it actually really love it and then you've got a community of people that can't stand it actually <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to affect this particular product because of the zion factor everyone's going to buy anything that comes out for basketball this year whether they like it or not right but in years past you know you'd have a court kings release or for that matter a diamond kings release in baseball that you know, had, you know, only a certain hobbyist that liked that angle on the, on the card. Um, And I think for me, that's what speaks to me about Project 2020 that differs from the living set. And that's really the crux of it. There's not much of another factor beyond that, that comes close to, you know, wow, wow, here's, we've got a siren here. Um, so yeah, that's 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 all of it for me. I, I, when I listened to you speak about it last week, I was kicking myself for not paying attention to it sooner. Hmm. Because quite honestly, when I heard about Project Twenty Twenty, I didn't really know anything other than oh. And it's funny that you asked me the question the way you did in comparing it to the Living Set. Literally, what went through my mind was I don't even need to read about this because it's just like the Living Set, and I had no interest in that. Exactly. So I had no idea until you told me that there were all these different artists and all these different wild takes on what sports cards could possibly look like. And when I took the time to look at it, I was like, this is right up my alley. What am I thinking? Why didn't I pay attention to this? Yeah. So I'm happy I am now. I I look back at some eBay stuff and I'm really kicking myself for not paying attention sooner because as a Pirates fan, you got all these Clementes that are going for decent prices that are essentially unattainable to, unattainable to me yep. um, unless the market completely tanks, which I think for some of those, it's not going to. Um, yeah, least, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you're right. I'm looking at sales, or I should say auctions that are still currently running that are close to finishing, mm. and the prices are not even close to what I would consider. And so the market would have to come down significantly more for me to consider buying one of those early print run Clemente cards. Well, now, the nice thing is there's a few to choose from. Sure. You're going to have 20, you're going to have 20 to choose from, right? I think that's, right. that's right. the, that's what no one knows how it will affect the market, right? If you have right. 17 more of a player coming out and you like 14 of them, right? It's, it's going to eventually, people can't keep spending money. Like it's going out of style here. We had the right. average transaction size for Project 2020 fell off 50% in seven days. 
When you say average transaction size, are you talking about on tops.com? No. So when I, I go okay. run, I run the analytics on secondary market, right? So okay. every project 2020, you, you hit a peak of about, you know, combining everything that's sold for the day, $300 per transaction, right? So you wow. got some selling for 20, some selling for 2,500, 300 bucks a day. That went from 40 to 300 in about 40 days. Okay. Uh, it dropped all the way to 200 in the last seven days. So it's dropped 50%. And on average, the the car, any card you buy on Project 20 of the last 72 hours has dropped 20% in value. Wow. Yeah, just in 72 hours. It, it is, the volume is down, the prices are down. I, I would I would probably, I think it'd be hard to argue that the, the interest is dying a bit. Right, you're getting people that are just like, okay, this is getting a little bit long in the tooth. New products are coming out, Court Kings, Diamond Kings. Let's go ahead and get on with, let's get on with the real cards. Right. I feel like, but well, I think Bowman and now right. the retail Bowman Mega Boxes is a big distraction from anything else. Yeah. So yep. I mean, it's, it, so you wouldn't think that it's a reflection of the overall market, just a reflection of the Project 2020 market. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we, we talked about print run, right? I mean, again, you're you're back yeah. down the last the last print one was what twenty two thousand, twenty four thousand. I mean, you're, now, you're was that of the trout card? Um, no, the trout's got to be higher than that. Trout's going to be higher. You the trout that's out now? Obviously, the print run's not out yet, but well, right. It's I'm looking the, at card ninety four, right? You got Tony Gwynn's, which was at nine. It was at thirty one thousand. The Ripkin was at forty one thousand. Card number ninety two. It's uh, yeah, that's well, not, what about that, that Jeter? Work. That Jeter's got to be higher. Yeah, Jeter was. Uh, I would expect Gwynn to be pretty low compared to Jeter coming out the same day. Right, I'm looking right now. So you got um, the Jeter was actually at. 48,000. The Gwyn was at 31,000. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised the Gwyn is that high. Well, I mean, that's it. So actually the card number 96, Frank Thomas is at 22,000 and the 95 Mattingly's at 27,000. So it, it's coming back to reality, but still 22,000, 27,000. I mean, that that's not sustainable, right? When you got Ronald Lacuna selling, you know, eight to 9,000 or having, a, you know, basically Nine thousand on the pop report for his PSA ten, right? And you can't get prices to move very fast, right? <laughs> right? Wow, that's there's something so wacky about that, right? I don't care how many artists I, artists don't have money, people, <laughs> right? We're, we're talking about this new, you know, great audience coming in for sports cards. Uh, you know, the 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 artists, the artist community, really. Like right. that's that's who we're banking on to like drive prices here. Like, get real. But comic book collectors have money. Yeah, true. Artists aren't necessarily the customers. It's the fans of artists that have money. But I don't think that changes your point. Well, it, it does slightly, right? I, I think the argument is has been, right? You're going to get the, the fine art collectors and that community in. And you're right, probably a little overlap with comic so. books and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that was me throwing my phone. I'm so upset with this. <laughs> are you upset because you made a decision to go hard or because you were wrong about something? No, I'm just kidding. I, I just, you know, I, I'm to the point now where 
I, I just continue to educate on the Patreon page, right? Just let people know kind of what's going on. But I look at it and I think, man, this parabolic price movement, we, we saw it. We're seeing it in Project 2020 and we're seeing how fast it can pull back. Right. And you see that in other products. Like you see the, the, the price rises with Mosaic and Bowman and these individual cards. And you're like, it's not founded on anything right now except hype. And that is never a good thing. It's never a good thing. Yeah. So that's concerning to me. But I'm not going to get on my soapbox, man. We're not doing that. We're talking well, about some I mean, stuff. I think it's worth it. But I mean, I think we don't need to beat a dead horse either. Right. Right. Agreed. Uh, so, so tell me, what, do you, what are your thoughts then on the season? If, if, let's say we don't have a Major League Baseball season, right? And I, I feel like it's trending that way at this point. What do you think that right. does to card values? I mean, the whole argument about what happens with tops and their releases, I mean, that's a whole different situation. But like card values in general for players that are playing or have played, how does that affect them? It's interesting. I, I, my knee jerk is to say that it hurts the potential prospect that was going to get a call up, the rookie that was potentially going to have a good year. And that's a big part of our hobby, right? But these guys like Acuna that you just mentioned, the obvious superstars, you might not see a huge rise or a big dip. I think it's just going to be, you know, kind of a, a, a flattened curve that you'll see some mini spikes and mini dips throughout the rest of the summer. I don't know what it might be based on, but weird information that might come out. Yeah, he went out and twisted an ankle playing pickup ball or... Hey, check out Mike Trout. He's shopping at the mall, or uh, who knows what. But when <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, though. There's such little to no information coming out about any of these guys that when there might be a little reminder in pop culture, in media, in social media, that might have an effect on the market. But overall, I don't. I don't think it's going to be parabolic, as you say like when we talk about Project 2020, without a season, you know, what I may be wrong about is as we get deeper into the summer, will the folks that jumped into the hobby in the early corona stages of quarantine out Mm -hmm. of boredom or a lack of a place to put their gambling money, will they sustain their enthusiasm and momentum within the hobby or will we see a trickle? I think naturally what would make most sense is that you'll have a certain portion of folks that came into the hobby that find that they really enjoy it and they stick sure. around. Sure. And then a certain portion of them that find something else that they're more interested in than just cards, especially with the weather getting nicer, getting out there and golfing and biking. Um, so, yeah, I, but, but for that reason, because it's not – huge numbers of people making huge decisions, I don't think it's going to be that dramatic. Hmm. Like the drama of all these people jumping in in the early quarantine stage. Right. I think that is a much more dramatic change in what we both saw and and, and experienced and felt. Um, I don't think it'll be as dramatic from this point forward. Interesting. Yeah, I, that's that's a very fair point. I think it's actually a really good perspective. 
I think we could get into this whole macroeconomic discussion, which nobody cares about, <laughs> right? At least the listeners that we have. <laughs> but that's certainly where my thought process is coming from. Yeah. Unless there's an unforeseen event. Right. That I, you know, again, I, unforeseen because I can't imagine what that event would be. Um, obviously, figuring out how to have a season, which looks, as you said, looks unlikely, would be an unforeseen event or... Um, something happening with respect to our lives, with respect to Corona, like uh, we're going to just turn green on everywhere and open the floodgates and we can all go back to life as it was, which again, also highly unlikely, right? Exceedingly unlikely. So that's why, uh, you know, barring that event, I, I, I don't see anything being dramatically affecting our experience as, as hard hobbyists. Yeah. Well, I, I do think, I think it, I think when you, when you look at it kind of relative, everything else happening, right? Like with the MLB season, let's say the MLB season doesn't happen and, and the, in the NBA playoffs do happen. I think you probably see some sort of shift from people that were maybe interested in baseball cards, maybe back over to basketball cards or I, I, I really think it's going to be funny seeing this because you and I have been talking about this. You're going to see this whole this whole excitement again, this, this energy around football cards because for some reason they've just given off this vibe that, you know what, we're going on. We're the tough guys. We're going on. We're going to make – we're playing no matter what. Right. And I just it just fuels this idea of sports cards kind of, re, kind of the resurgence of the football card market. And I'm really, it's, uh, it's I'm so really interesting to me. If that's the case, I'm selling every football card I have. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it went down. It's it's shot down to the depths of uh, despair. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, I, I know you. You're sitting a lot of football cards. So, well, I, a lot is relative, and a lot is also in the it, my my the bulk of my football cards are Steelers that I, I'm happy to keep. You know, right. But uh, that I, I say that somewhat facetiously because the reality is I don't have that many football cards outside of what I've accumulated from my personal collection of Steelers anyway. Right. <clears throat> but uh, I just I just we've talked about it ad nauseum. I don't need to bring it back up and upset some people <laughs> that are football enthusiasts. I love the game. I just won't invest heavily in that space. Yep. That's all. Um, that said, I want to respond to one thing you brought up, which is if we have some form of an NBA season in playoffs and ultimately a championship, and we don't have an NBA, MLB season, I completely agree with what you said. You're going to see, nor I think you're going to see enormous attention paid to basketball cards. Uh, but I don't think it'll be at the death of baseball. Clearly not. Hmm. It'll just be far less attention, but you still have some things coming out throughout the summer that are going to keep people interested that are either wholly invested in baseball and don't care about any other sport or recognize that still, you know, that, that there's still a future beyond this summer. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? Because you're, you're investing in rookie cards where they don't have a rookie season. <laughs> right. So interesting. It, it, yeah. That, that whole, it's just it's just so the it's just going to be so weird processing this without a season heading into next year when there is a season hopefully right 
and you got this other, you know, another batch of rookie cards, right? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. with with prospects, all of those rookies together will compete for the ROI, and that's ROI, right? Right. And that'll be fun. Or um, do they, right? Because those rookies weren't getting time in the minor leagues, right? Do you just kind of just reset in 2021 mm-hmm. and just kind of go with what you had in 2020? I mean, there's so many questions that we're going to see kind of unfold. I can't yeah, wait to see it. It's interesting. That'll be really, uh, yeah, that'll be very fun. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, on the top side, right, you have to think about the way they plan their releases, where they're planning with different call ups and, you know, series two right. and call ups and update and heritage high and minor. Like for you them, just said something that I had a conversation about with a couple guys uh-huh. locally. Just what, what happens with up? Is there even an update? What's the point? <laughs> Why even print update this year if there's no season? Yeah, I'm 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 interested to see what they do with that. I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do with that. Unless it's just another opportunity to get a Jason Dominguez card out there. Well, right. Make total sense because he's a prospect, not a rookie, yeah. calling, getting called up. But if it's just an excuse to print another Dominguez card, why not? I well, mean, I wouldn't. They will print person. them. You know that, right? There'll be a Scouts card. <laughs> There'll be a Bowman Top 1000 yeah. card now, right? It's not the Top 100. It's the Top 1000. <laughs> or it'll be like Top 100 with a couple asterisks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll find a way to get our money. It's happening. It's happening. Oh, it's happening. God, <laughs> 16 years old. That's ah, amazing. Yeah. I t- tell you what, though, man. Like, on the Bowman subject, I mean, Bob, Bobby Witt is legit. And I say that not because I'm a Royals fan, but because, I was just, like— You, you he, snaked my comment. I was yeah, like, oh, he's legit. Because you always call me a homer. Uh, yeah, you're right. But, he, I mean, look, he's number three draft pick. He's, I mean, he's— uh, He's obviously— Right. He's going to be—he's a shortstop, too. So he's got that—he's got that type of pedigree. But— have you ever seen a product get carried by one guy as much as as much as Jason Dominguez in Bowman? It's actually a prospect product, by the way. Crazy. It's wild. I mean, it's I mean the 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 retail side prices have doubled. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're talking, you know, get a blaster. You can basically sell it for about forty, maybe a little less now, but you could sell it's it for come forty. Back we down can. To earth a little bit more than forty. Right. Not quite at the mosaic level. Again. But I mean. You're you're talking three or four guys, but really just one or two guys, right? And you compare that to a product like you know 2019 Bowman draft, that is just loaded with players, you know that are averaging over 70, 80 bucks a card for their base autos. It's it's just it's mind blowing how one guy can. Tra- it's like Zion in NBA, right? One guy can transform an entire that industry's perspective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, it, right? he's performed. He's played twenty-two games or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. It is wild. Well, let's let's be fair. I mean, and I've thought about this, and I'm not sure I'm willing to go so far as to say that if Zion didn't play, that Ja could have carried it. But Ja's nice. Oh man, is ja. very nice. I was watching some highlights because ESPN's replaying everything at this point. And I watched a full game of the Grizzlies. I can't even remember against who because I didn't even watch a single player on the other team. Hmm. It was so much fun to watch Ja for a whole game. He's got that that aggressiveness. He reminds me of like Iverson where he just goes out there. He, has, he doesn't care about anybody except <sighs> he's going to take it right at the other team yep. fearlessly. And I just love watching it. I, I 
I'm at the point where I'm not even sure who I like watching more. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's going to say, of course, Zion's more exciting. And, yeah, he plays above the rim a little bit more. But don't don't sleep on Jaw's ability to jump. Oh, my God. Some of his dunks. Yeah. Wow. Even the missed dunks you're watching highlights of. I watched his missed dunk like 100 times. That one. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's extremely exciting. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kobe White's almost almost on that same level where he's got that swagger. You're like, okay. And the hobby love for him, though, is – I don't even – maybe it's not sustainable for many other guys when you have Zion and Jaw prices going so high. Yeah. There's just not enough room for other guys like Kobe and Tyler Hero. And, yeah, that's that's you know, true. I, but, but these are other guys that – in a, in a non-Zion rookie class, they're all getting a little bit of love. Very true. It's not to say they're not getting any love at all. Just I don't think at the level that they should personally even without playing we we have an idea of what they were they we have a sample of what they could do and um a couple of these guys i think have serious careers ahead of themselves i don't know how we transitioned into discussing nba rookies from where we were but that's that's you and i that you know what i mean that's, that's what we do that's that's the typical tie and shiny conversation ultimately we're going to end up talking about nba that's right that's right. Well, let, let's let's combine the two, right? So you got Bowman that just hit the streets. You got Mosaic that essentially just hit the streets, although it's kind of been all over the place for three weeks now. Yeah. Um, I've heard rumors in the Discord channel that you have XL reps getting their hands slapped and saying, "Hey, you can't del- you can't you can't contact people anymore." And there's this whole idea that they're gonna put the kiboshes on, basically letting people know that product's coming out because it's been a lot of under the table type stuff. How has it been for you? Because I know you've been out in the wild trying to get products. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I can pretty much say the rumors are true. Um, okay. Very, very good source explained to me that there was a company-wide communication with an Excel across to their target reps explaining that you are to adjust your schedule and mm-hmm. essentially make sure that you – do everything that you can do mm-hmm. to no longer communicate with you know, you know those quote unquote regular customers that you might have communicated with in the past. I don't wow. think. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and that it, by the way, uh, the caveat, not not caveat, the additional comment being that we will be monitoring this and it is a fireball offense. Holy Term. crap! Okay, yeah. so that that's at the XL level, not necessarily the target level. Which is, it doesn't matter, right? It's just all through Excel at that point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, I don't think Target cares very much. And I, I don't think this came from Target. I think there may have been some comments floated from Target employees to Excel folks. But my understanding is that the messaging from Target corporate to, excuse me, from Excel corporate to Excel employees mm-hmm. was this there was a groundswell of commentary coming from the target shopper Hmm. and ultimately saying there's inappropriate improper and you know just downright dealings that are affecting my ability as a customer to have equal footing Um, I, I to my knowledge they didn't go much deeper to explain what that really meant. Um, I think you can guess 
that can be anything from you're communicating with certain target shoppers that want to know when you're going to be in a certain store okay. to maybe even here's my point i've never seen anything that improper to go so far as to say these guys were hoarding the product and saving it for certain customers okay. or to say that i've never seen that uh, if i was there on time i got product if i wasn't there on time i didn't um but you have to kind of imagine, especially in a hobby like this, if there was a little bit of it happening, then your imagination probably isn't that far off. Meaning, was there an example or two across the country of someone maybe selling it out of the box? Mm -hmm. of someone putting it in the back for somebody else? Look, I don't have to go through the details of all the what ifs. You you have an imagination, you can come up with yourself. I think the bottom line is there was, if, if you could imagine it, it was happening. And Excel knew they had to reel it in. Uh, it makes sense. Look, I've been having this conversation with, uh, with some folks in the Discord community, like I said, Michael Rathburn, who has, uh, has his ear to the hobby pretty well, um, I should say. I've seen his name across the Discord channel. Yeah, it. shout out to Mike. He does a great job of just kind of keeping the pulse with things. But um, we were talking about this kind of uh, kind of through private message, and I was saying, you know, <laughs> the the only way you're gonna you're gonna stop this type of activity from happening is 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 getting retail prices down to a reasonable you know secondary market price. Where I mean, you got you got retail prices at three x, four x in some cases with mosaic. At Don't peak. you mean secondary prices? Yeah, secondary yeah. prices. Retail yeah. prices. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, retail prices on the secondary market. Right. When you got a blaster box going, you know, buying it for twenty bucks at Target and selling it for sixty to eighty. Yeah. Like you, that type of margin, that type of return, yep. it's gonna you're, you're it's ushering too motivating. in. It's yeah. motivating. It's a hundred percent. And I mean, you look, you can't control that hot products are hot products. And we've seen the ebbs and flows of hot products, but this was bound to happen. This was absolutely the only thing it. I kind of, I, I get it on a certain level at the same time, ultimately Excel wants the product to sell. What do they care if it now, unless it's so improper that people are stealing product to sell to other, you know what I mean? Like, again, I don't want to go through all the what ifs, but you can imagine some extreme inappropriate dealings. If it was getting that extreme, I completely get it. But on the level of, hey, I got some regular customers and they want to be there and buy it. I, the, the excuse of, oh, you're, you're taking an opportunity away from a kid. I can't tell you the last time I saw someone <laughs> younger than 20 buying a card at Target. They're buying Pokemon cards. Let's be real. If they're even buying Pokemon yeah. cards, yeah, that's true. That that whole rack is always full. Um, I, I, I agree so, completely, completely. But at, from a Target perspective, right, or Walmart for that matter, they're probably thinking, "Look, we want these on the shelf because we want to drive people here." When they're not even so, hitting the shelves, essentially, they're not coming in and buying other items, right? They're just coming in frustrated, and they're not going to come back. I could tell you. Almost unequivocally, that's just not the reality. Target employees, especially their leadership within the store leadership, 
can care less about cards. If anything, they'd rather see them gone. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They know that there's a very small marginal type of customer that it brings in. And for the most part, that customer doesn't do much else in the store. And they also know that the rest of their store, in terms of what kind of customer the rest of their store draws in, that customer is not going away if cards go away. Sure. So, and, and I, I, I can also just speak to some of the conversations I've had with Target employees and some of the things I've heard. Um, it, obviously, there's a gamut of opinion, and I'm sure it runs throughout that entire spectrum. But for the most part, they really don't care about the card market or the card customer. They don't. Well, they have an easy fix, and that is sell your cards online only because they sell up basically the second they're put on. <laughs> right? right? Right. Done deal. You don't have to deal with the hassle. You can open up that aisle for something else, and you don't have to stress over it. I mean, look, I go in there and I buy a kombucha or a drink right. every time I go in, but only because I'm just annoyed and I need to take my mind <laughs> off it. <laughs> but I'll say this. And what I've thought about and what scares me the most about this most recent piece of information about how Excel is, is affected and how it's affecting all of us as potential customers. Yep. I, I fear deeply the potential of folks looking at secondary market values somewhat like distributors have affected the markets of hobby prices and Excel saying, wait, we buy all this retail product and we're missing all of this potential profit that we're seeing on the secondary market. Hmm. Why do we even bother selling it at Target at all? Yep. We buy all this retail product. I'm sure there's something within a contract with Tops and Panini and Upper Deck that they have to route the product through specific customers there are contracts in place with these customers meaning the target and walmarts of the world that are the customers but we don't have to put it all on their shelves they're missing and well i shouldn't say it that way but they can they can easily look at all this and say to themselves we can divert a certain portion of this product and make much more money on it by acting like these distributors it's easy to say when products are selling well but we had five oh, yeah. six years and the products weren't selling well and target was a huge or walmart was a huge way of them protecting themselves against bad products very good point very good point yeah and somebody who's only been around the hobby for the last three to five years or let alone the last three to five months yep would never have that perspective. That's that's an ex a very very good point. Yeah. And and the, and the notion that this won't necessarily sustain itself, and we'll see a point in the hobby again, and then in, in the whatever near to mid to long term future. But at some point, the retail uh, market will be a safety valve again. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. We're, we're, we're nearing that point. I'm not going to beat the dead horse, but we're nearing <laughs> that point, man. When everyone says it can't, 
it can't stop. It's unstoppable going up. It, that means it's basically stoppable and it's not going to keep going up. So yeah. it's like, so uh, when you say nearing that point, I, I know you're not a seer and that's a ridiculous thing to try to put you on the spot and, and say, give me an exact time. But if you had to say in, in the near to the long term. I I let me just say this. I think at this time next year, hopefully we're still doing podcasting, right? I I'm gonna assume we are. Um, I bet you a majority of people are saying, "Gosh, dang it! I wish I would have sold that card last year." (laughs) That 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 that's the way I'll sum it up. I just think by this time next year, the entire market of sports cards. We'll, we'll pull back to a reality that makes a lot more sense for sports cards. And maybe it's a reflection of where we are in the economy, or maybe it's a reflection of where we are with just print runs and everything else. But I think we've overextended ourselves to the point where it's just really hard to keep going. It's just hard to keep going right now. Right. So that's, but anyway, that's, that's, that's negative, man. Come on, let's stay positive. Right, right, right. Uh, on positive news, uh, <laughs> John John Krasinski like uh, positive news here. Uh, starting with card one hundred, Trout will sign ten autos for each of his Project Twenty Twenty cards. They'll be hand numbered wow. and randomly given to those who purchase. That is interesting to me. I, I actually someone in Discord channel pointed that out. I will uh, I will just. And say is he the was, only one doing that? Will there be potentially hidden autos with other players? Shout out to uh, K Wood and. Yeah, K Wood. K Wood. Um, yeah, it looks like it. I mean, I'm. I, I, you look at it from Toss perspective, right? They're probably thinking, "Oh crap, the the fire is, oh, is right. slowly being <laughs> the water's being dumped in the fire. We got to right. bring some more interest. Let's get Trout to sign. We're going to see a print run of seventy thousand again on print, on Trout, just because people are trying to chase that auto. Yep. But anyway. By the way, I like it. I like. It. I think it's a great idea. I forgot to mention. I kind of came up briefly early on in the conversation, but when we were talking about the whole retail market and specifically about Target, it's it's important to mention right now that this week in the Target exclusive space, Bowman Mega Boxes have started to surface. Mm. That is going to set the world on fire. I don't know what the first Mojo Jason Dominguez. Actually, I'm sure they're already listed. Honestly, maybe a couple <laughs> buy it nows have already sold. But um, have you seen any? Do you have any? Your- I have not seen any. I expect to see them this week. Um, when I say this week, I, I don't know if it came out Monday, uh, but I definitely heard as of today that some have hit the shelves locally. Pretty disappointed. I didn't. I wasn't there for it. But you know. Uh, it is what it is. Well, I'm looking at eBay right now as we're talking here, and it looks like some mega. Bo- I, this is actually really surprising to me. Mega box sold for sixty three. Mega box sold for fifty eight. And I'm looking at base Jason Dominguez Mojo Refractor. Whoa, there's autos. Uh, actually, only two have sold. One at 250 best offer accepted one at 300 best offer accepted okay well that's actually somewhat realistic 
No. I give the market credit. <laughs> that, don't forget, many people would not have realized it was even listed yet. That's it true. It looks like yeah. the first green mojo out of 99 with two days, two and a half days, really closer to three full days left in the auction is already at $332. Holy crap. Wow. Okay. First mojo auction. Base Mojo Refractor, three and a half days, closer to four full days left in the auction, 20 bidders, $97. Wow. That's going to go way up. That's not good. That's, that's definitely going to go. So those, those, um, oh, those best offers that have, those two best offers that have already sold without going into the tool to let you see what they sold for more than likely went for over 200. Hmm. More than likely, just a guess. Interesting. And wow. Here is the 21st 2020 Bowman Jason Dominguez Green Mojo Auto. $3,500. Buy it now. There you go. That'll sell for what? 800 ish to 1200 somewhere in there. Okay. That, well, I mean, if you look at like a 2017 Bowman Mega, I think they're going for somewhere around 110 that's kind of what I compare it to, right? Because you had Otani and you had Judge and Bellinger. Um, I feel like that's where if you're if you're if you're able to get him for sixty, and Dominguez pans out, you're probably looking at doubling your money. Yeah. So there's no question. This is pretty much everywhere. I mean, there are. I'm not counting them, but there's there's quite a few listed already. So. Wow. Interesting. All right, that's good to know. The mega box hunt is on. That's right. You guys are free. Well, don't leave yet because we're going to do one more segment here. But yeah, you're free to go to Target. Go get your mega boxes. <laughs> or just put us in your ears and go run through the Target stores <laughs> now. Just listen while you run. I've done that many times. No, to, our, yeah. to our own episodes. I uh, I had a conversation with a guy on Discord channel the other day about our episode that we had. We talked about some of the uh, the weirdness and nuances we have as dads going in to get cards. <laughs> <laughs> it brought back some memories of us just laughing about that episode. That was fun. Yeah, that's funny stuff. Yeah. All right, so real quick, let's talk a little bit about we're going to do some uh, headline reactions. We're going to go to thedailyhobby.com. Big fan of thedailyhobby.com aggregated source for uh, sports cards news uh have you checked out the daily hobby today do you know of any of the news briefly okay I, yeah i looked at the, the headlines and i i started reading one article okay. actually i got through one article let so I'll, I'll throw through i'll throw a couple of these out there for you and let's get your reaction to kind of what your thoughts are um we'll go from there we, we've been doing this with espn for a while but let's do it with uh with hobby specific stuff so Let's start with product-related stuff. 2020 Panini Gold Standard. Are you interested? Gold Standard Football. And Sports Collectors Daily put this out, talking about rookie autos coming out in the Gold Standard product. Are you interested in Gold Standard, yes or no? I will buy the Steelers. One rookie auto of each of the Steelers rookies that are in the product, and that is it. Not buying wax at all. I'm not even, I'm not even buying the Steelers in a break. I'm just going after the singles. Okay. That means I'll buy two or three singles, depending on which of the Steelers rookies are even in the product. Other than that, nope, not interested. Okay. Fair enough. 2019-20 Upper Deck Clear Cut Hockey. 
Are you a buyer? Are you interested? It is way too expensive for the very few cards. I, I can't remember if it's a one card per box or a, a, I think maybe five cards, but mm-hmm. way too expensive to buy it. It's, it's one card. Yeah, no. Hard I, sign I, and a one touch case. Yeah, right. It's a very, I, personally, I think the cards are very nice. I've always liked acetate. I've always liked autos on acetate. And for me, it's very hard to go after the penguins that I want. And so if you're a fan of a specific team that has stars, vets, and legends that are uber expensive, like a City Crosby or Mario Lemieux, yep. yeah, it's really difficult. But it's also difficult for me to buy the penguins in a group break because of how expensive they can be. Hmm. I'll go after the lower level, either rookie or lower level vet, and get singles like a Jake Gensel, even potentially a Malkin, that kind of guy. Um, but I'm not buying it by the box. Hell no. Okay. That's fair. Uh, 2020 Panini Chronicles Racing. Uh, <laughs> product release from, or a, a website release from Beckett. I mean, look. Every uh, Panini and Tops are desperate, but racing yeah. that, that has racing, but racing's been out for a minute. I mean, it's the Panini has not given up right. on this. And they obviously have their audience. I, I I just have to assume that because it's not a test anymore since it's in what it's at least year four or five at this point of putting out racing products. 2020 Panini Chronicles racing brands include Ascension, Cornerstones, Crusade, Illusions, Limited, Phoenix, and on and on, all the way down to Unparalleled. There's like 12 of these on there. Let's face it, racing fans don't even know what those names mean. No, no clue. Well, well, (laughs) let me at least say if there's crossover between card hobbyists that are into cards anyway baseball, basketball, whatever else, and racing, yeah, they know it. But someone who's just a racing fan, nah, clearly not. Not happening. I, I do like the fact that they have their reserve materials, like their sponsor patches, and it's just a sponsor patch. Like I'm looking at Jimmy Johnson's where it's in, you know, uh, Alley Bank logo basically cut out from his jersey. Right. <laughs> it's a- the sponsors are probably thinking, sweet, this is a great deal. I would have been all over that. I forget what his name, Mark Martin, maybe it was, uh-huh. who was the driver of the Viagra car back in the day. <laughs> I'd have been chasing, not not even the driver, I would have been chasing Viagra. Oh, actions. my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, all right, let's, let's look at some of the top news not product-related. So Fangraphs came out with an article today. Not specifically hobby related, but they were talking about how we should stop blaming MLB players for all of these MLB related issues. What are your thoughts on that? Kind of the headline reaction. I mean, my knee jerk without having read the article, I did see the the headline. Yep. My knee jerk tends to be when it comes to these kind of things is that I really don't care when you tell me that millionaires are fighting with billionaires. (laughs) But if I had to take a side, I'd probably have to say I'll take the millionaire's side. Okay. That's about all I can say. Okay. I just want baseball to come back. That's all I care about. I don't um, care who's... At the same time, if, if a player has a problem with coming back out of fear for his family, 
Oh, please. Let's say there's a situation. No, well, let's say there's a situation where, you know, a guy comes over from overseas and brings his entire family with him, and he's got you know elderly family living in the same house. Now you have enough money to go get an apartment, but are you really going to seclude yourself from your entire family for however long? I th- those are the kind of scenarios I only put out there because I can relate. I'm looking at a situation where I'm about to start re-entering society, and my dad is a risk category and i'm with him on a pretty much on a daily basis sure so i have to start thinking about having those conversations about uh, we're probably going to have to go back to not spending time with each other again if i'm going to start working again i mean i'm not going to risk your life well i'm not going to blame you for the mlb season not starting Sports cart industry hasn't peaked. Forbes magazine. I mean, this is to me, this is exhibit A of why we're hitting the peak, right? We got Forbes magazine. We got Sports Illustrated. We have every outlet talking about sports card right now. <clears throat> why the sports say, card industry? That's the one card I, that's the one article that I read. Okay, tell me about it. I don't know the guy. Well, I'm not going to go that far into it because I'll get heated. <laughs> How do I say this without look? I don't know the guy who wrote the. I don't even know the guy's name who wrote the article. Chris, I have Kaysen. to assume. Okay, Chris, I'm sure you're a good dude. I'm sure you have some credentials as a writer, even, but you clearly didn't put the right amount of. How do I put this? Research. You, you didn't research this article well enough. I'm sorry, and. I'm not even going to go so far as to quote you and pick apart your words because that's that's really not fair. I'm not a writer, and I don't live in your world. Um, but uh, I hope you follow up this article with a better researched article about this hobby. That's all I'll say. What what specifically is kind of uh, I don't know spurring you on in this? I'm um, I, you don't think you researched well enough. What what is it? What exactly is it? It stood out to you. I'm kind of curious now. If I say it exactly, now I'm going to get pretty nitpicky, and I think I'll be a bit more offensive if I go that far. But okay. I'll, I'll say he, he makes a couple of claims about a couple of aspects of this hobby, even okay. potentially proprietors of businesses in this hobby that are offering best deals, things like that. Like, Did you research all of the offerings in this hobby to say that this one proprietor is offering the best deal? Maybe he is. Um, I, but actually i know i know they're not you know I, it's just not it's it's not there are some claims being made that are a little bit too out of bounds and just flat out not reality um and and part of the claim that i am sorry i have to just pick a bone with is that you know kind of you can uh, imagine from the title of the article about the state of the hobby um, from somebody that's really only written one, maybe he's written a handful of articles about the hobby, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's pretty disjointed and not really entirely fair. Hmm. Um, I I almost would say go read the article and tell me maybe I'm completely off base. Maybe I was having a bad day and I was judging too harshly. I don't think so. Uh, I think it's. Not that, not a very well written article. Okay. 
That's fair. Go check it out. It's top news right now on thedailyhobby.com. Sports card industry hasn't peaked. Interesting. <laughs> One last thing, because there's a quote that I wrote. And if I wrote it down, if I took the time to write it down, then why not? I should share it. <laughs> what fountain pen do you use? That's what I want to know. I used a Twisby 580 ALR in the Prussian Blue, which is the brand new, newest release from Twisby. I just got it in the mail today. This, that's like Tim Allen talking about his Benford tool set. Well, I'll go further. It no one knows. 1.1 stub nib. It's a beautiful pen. Anyway, uh, the quote is, there will be future trends helping carry this industry into the future. What does that but even mean? Obviously, it's taken a bit out of context because I'm reading you a quote that is just a piece of a sentence. But I can assure you that there's not much proof beyond that sentence, either prior to it or after it. There will be future trends helping carry this industry into the future. Uh, no, no postulate as far as what those future trends are just make the huh. statement that there will be hmm okay well here, here's a quote that i'm looking at right everything everyone so so bless brothers who uh i believe are part owners of the legacy sports card store in yeah. las vegas now they right are. and the, and they're breakers in their own right yeah and they're doing a great job they've been doing this for a while now right yeah they, um there's a quote here. Everyone's chasing the next big thing. You never know what's going to be inside of a pack. All it takes is one pack. You hear stories all the time about a guy randomly coming in, spending 100 bucks, and all of a sudden he gets a card worth $50,000. I, I kind of just giggle to myself there thinking, okay. First off, that is so not the case. It's so random. Like, please. But it's, it's, there's it's potentially a, realistic. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, to finish that thought, right, there are, of the 100 people that came to chase that card, there are 99 others who lost 95% of their 100 bucks, right? right? I mean, and I get it, right? They, they're the, I mean, the Bless Brothers, I think, are previous, you know, World Series poker champions. They're coming from the gambling perspective. Uh, but actually, there was a part of the article that alluded to gambling but never actually used the word gambling or risk and i thought that was a little bit of a disservice to someone who's you know call out the white elephant in the middle of the room it's you know there's an aspect of this hobby that is gambling yep if you're in this hobby for long enough you recognize that you might even say i that's what draws me to sure. this yeah that's true um but but to to dance around it to skirt that topic and that issue and not flat out say there's an aspect of this hobby that is gambling and that thrill. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry. I think you should just call it out. Agreed. I agree. I think we've knit, we, I feel like we've nitpicked this article a little bit more than I thought we would or that <laughs> I intended to. So I feel the need to apologize a little bit. I definitely don't want the Blaz brothers to think that I'm chastising them. And, and Chris, like I said, I'm sure you're a good writer. Maybe I had a bad day and I read it when I was in a bad mood, or maybe this wasn't your best work. But uh, yeah, thanks. Don't apologize, man. Come on, <laughs> come on. Oh my goodness, Should... I, I could have. I could have been a lot harsher. 
Yeah, very true. Yeah, that was very, very uh, PG for you. Should you buy the Michael Jordan star card? You probably didn't watch the video, but it's the video of the day. Pat Geek opening the star products. I watched it, obviously, because Pat Geek's part of Binge Clear. But uh, I'm I'm actually interested in going back and grabbing some of the star cards now. That's like my era, and I didn't I didn't even have those cards growing up. How much up. is it now? It's oh hundreds to get a good graded card, right? To get even, you know, a six or a seven, it's extremely expensive. But right. thank, thank you, Last Dance, <laughs> for that. Yeah, right. I, I definitely would say now is not the time to buy anything Jordan yeah. or any Bulls of that era. It's just at its height and premium right now. Yeah, give it some time. Even Barkley and Bird and Magic and Stockton Malone, even Chris Mullen is probably not the right time to buy right now. <laughs> As of the last dance. <laughs> so true. Well, I, I am getting ready. Well, let's, let's end it on this note. Right? I'm getting ready to finish the 30 for 30 on Lance Armstrong, and I am super engaged. I love it. I can't wait to finish it. I'm definitely uh, going to watch that, but I haven't even started it yet. What else? What are the recommendations you got? I know you're, you're the Netflix guy. You're the guy that's always giving us something good to watch. What do we go to? Oh, oh, what do I? Um, oh, darn it. I'm forgetting the name of the thing I was watching most recently, which obviously probably alludes to the fact that it's not that good. Okay, I got one for you. Homecoming with Janelle Monet. Okay. The first season of Homecoming was Julie Roberts. This was a this is a show that was originally a podcast. Okay. Uh, I listened to the podcast. It's very interesting. It's a little bit of a mind twist kind of movie. There's uh, some elements of experimentation on our soldiers kind of thing it's it's interesting it's good um so the first season was good enough for me to want to watch the second season julia roberts is not in it but she has been replaced not character for character just the, the kind of main character and ingenue is now janelle Monet, who came to pop culture as a singer and i like her music but man she's got some acting chops gotta give it to her Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good show. I actually, it's they're half an hour episodes, and I believe there's, I don't know, somewhere between eight and ten episodes, and I okay. finished it in a couple of days. Wow. It's that. I mean, I like it that much. It's, okay. Some other people have to say about it, but yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Homecoming. Like it. Okay. The name in and of itself doesn't give you at all what you what it's about. You would think it's about some type of like teeny bopper football season or something. Nope. Hmm. I thought you were going to say Homeland, and that's actually a show my wife and I have thought about watching together. It's oh, going... dude, I cannot believe you haven't watched Homeland. Oh, is it that good? Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite shows. Now, I will tell you, it's a it's based on an Israeli show that I watched in its original Hebrew. Okay. Um, and you can watch it in Hebrew with English subtitles if you're that interested. But the Americanized version, which is it, – it's a completely different script. I shouldn't even call it that. It, it's based on loosely, but Homeland is amazing. It's a great show. It goes – you have several seasons to really sink your teeth into, and each season kind of has its own twist, but they are connected. There's a thread that connects them. This was the final season. It just ended just a few – maybe a month or two ago. It just ended. Okay. Um, Sold. Uh, highly recommend it. Sold. Done. We're going to watch there's it. Co- I will say there's a couple seasons that are like anything. There's a couple seasons and, a, and obviously a handful of episodes that aren't good as others. But overall, I, I want to say there's four or five, even maybe six seasons. I can't remember exactly. 
overall from beginning to end, highly, highly recommended. Okay. I like it. Well, I will just end with a couple of recommendations. I I uh, was just actually looking at some of the podcasts on Daily Hobby for non-breaker culture, other folks in the hobby that are putting out good content. Rax Pack Hero has a poker player talking about his transition to Super Collector. Let me get that. Podograph has Spencer Brickhouse on talking about you know minor leagues and how they're dealing with stuff, which is a, seems like a great episode. Stacking Slabs talks about Mosaic does it have long term value? And then Sports Card Nation has Project 2020 Gregory Siphon. So, four hobby related podcasts that are all putting out some really cool stuff. So, good for them. I'm going to go check them out. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> no, that was actually sincere, but I had to laugh with you when you started laughing because I'm sure I sounded very insincere. <laughs> nice, uh, thanks. That's funny. Uh, I appreciate it. By the way, if you liked The Last Dance, there's a very cool podcast called The Dream Team Tapes. Oh. Very, very if cool. You're in the business, I just started you playing it. Right now. I didn't mean to. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh my god. I was clicking on it because I wanted to find who the narrator is. I uh McCallum. It's it's narrated by McCallum. Okay. Who's written a lot of amazing sports books. Nice. Um, so yeah, the dream team tapes. And it's it's really cool. He talks about uh following the dream team back then and writing books about each of the individual players and the dream team as a whole and uh, basically reuniting with all of these players more recently because uh, he was anticipating the impact of the last dance. Okay. It's very good. There you go. You just keep spitting out new uh, recommendations. It's only in episode three too. So you can catch it while it's still in its budding phase. Nice. Listen, and then go buy Project 2020 cards. Be a great day. <laughs> How about Project 2020 for basketball? Ooh. Oh, my goodness. You kidding me? Panini, I, I'm surprised Panini. Panini probably is already working on that right now. Uh, they're probably going to throw it in blockchain and make it unattainable for all of us. <laughs> Starting at $100,000. <000. laughs> right. <laughs> oh, forget it. All right, man. Have a great week. Thanks so much. Have a good one. All right.